When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind the scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacher boys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Now, here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Preacher Boys podcast. Uh, This episode was released over on YouTube back in July, but I wanted to share it here uh, on the main podcast feed for those who are not YouTubers and uh, don't like watching a lot of content over there. So this is from the First Baptist Church of Hammond Youth Conference, and anybody who's familiar with the IFB knows a little bit about the First Baptist Church in Hammond, Indiana. It is the church that was uh, really brought to its height by Jack Hiles. And uh, if you just start going down the rabbit hole of Jack Hiles, David Hiles, and First Baptist Church of Hammond, you'll know it's been a hotbed for uh, pretty unsavory, abusive situations. But I wanted to share uh, this episode specifically because this is just a taste of some of the craziness that is still being preached in the pulpit over at First Baptist Church of Hammond. So this came out in 2022 uh, during their youth conference uh, called Boldly Go. And this is Pastor Joseph Brown. You might know the name Brown. That's because Larry Brown was a staple at First Baptist Church of Hammond for many years. He famously smashed a television on the stage of uh, one of the conferences there. But uh, Joseph Brown is preaching, this is Youth Conference Session 9. You can watch the full episode over on the First Baptist Church of Hammond YouTube page. There's a little plug there. Go ahead and go check that out. Um, And yeah, this episode went up and it was a uh, absolute mess. And I responded to it. I released it on YouTube. And here for your uh, enjoyment or uh, concern (laughs) is uh, Joseph Brown's Youth Conference Session at First Baptist Church of Hammond with some commentary from yours truly. Let me know what you think of the episode and be sure to head over to YouTube if you want to watch because there's a lot of visual aids that uh, are pretty unique as you'll tell from the audio. So enjoy the episode and uh, thanks for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. What happened is uh, First Baptist Church of Hammond had their youth conference and you know as I was watching it uh, I was just like 
were all of the sermons that we heard this unhinged or was this a unique situation? I feel like it's a unique situation. Uh, but anyway, First Baptist Church of Haman had their annual youth conference July 12th through 14th of 2022. The recording I'm going to show you is from a message by Joe Brown. Yes, that is the Joe Brown, who is the son of evangelist Larry Brown, who famously smashed a TV on the stage of First Baptist Church of Hammond. I don't have that clip pulled up, um, but if you want to see it, just type in Larry Brown smashed the television and it'll come right up. But this sermon is absolutely bananas, and I wanted to share it and some thoughts uh, with you. A lot of people had been commenting on it. A lot of people have been sharing this link around. It's unhinged. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Marketing billions upon billions. If you will go, and I dare you to go study the marketing ploys. And by the way, just to be clear, so I'm going to show a couple clips. I've trimmed out uh, a lot of fluff, which there is a significant amount of fluff throughout this uh, throughout this sermon. But um, anyway, I've trimmed down the episode. You can kind of see where the cuts are. If you want to see the full thing in context, unfortunately, they made the video private, uh, but I can assure you, uh, I try to keep each clip in context of its um, of its points. And there's a couple parts here where you're going to think it's cut because it's such an abrupt mood shift. Uh, that might just be the sermon, but I'll try to let you guys know wherever there's a cut so you know uh, where I made choices to trim something out. Um, and again, you know, I don't know if First Baptist Church of Hammond will make that live again, but um, I can assure you I've included a good amount of what's in the sermon. I've trimmed it down to about 15 minutes, which do you really want to go longer than that? I don't know. But ironically, the sermon is really about the devil hating young people. Uh, ironic, considering the way that First Baptist Church of Hammond has a history of dealing with young people. But um, anyway, that's uh, that's where we're at right now. Let's go ahead and uh, and check it out. All of the money is in the youth because somebody's the prince of the power of the air. All the social media. They know how to entice. Look, out of Beijing, China, I mean, child advocates right now are losing their minds over something so satanic. They know it's satanic. Lost people, they're saying we can't control it. It came out of Beijing uh, of an app that they called in English musically, and, and, and they began to lure, lure through satanic means a child marketing children in other countries and they rebranded it and called it TikTok and brought it, brought it to America look here's he- headline news you can, this is this was i i grabbed this uh, this morning in the room this morning child safety advocates maintain that TikTok's computer algorithms pushing content to users promote disorders even self harm and suicide to young it, it didn't say old users what does it say you see it the chaos in- Okay, so I want to just say two things here because there's a couple points throughout this that are really funny to me. I work in marketing and branding um, and in software, and um, and it's really funny to me. Look, there's a lot of what he says on this that is true. I mean, uh, algorithms. I mean, first and foremost, algorithms are algorithms, so they're going to show you more of what you consume. Um, but there's a lot of leaps here in logic, and there's a lot of misunderstanding of cause versus effect. So, you know, have there been mental health issues associated with social media? Yes. Uh, is social, is uh, mental health issues because of social media? Probably not. Um, it's probably just a tool uh, that can be used for good or for bad. Um, and also, there's not, I mean, historically, not as many old users on TikTok as young users. So to say this is a targeted demonic attack on young people is a bit of a stretch. But again, I don't spend too much time on this because this is the least stretchiest stretch of everything he talks about. The rioting in our culture, the drug culture, the sorcery, the witchcraft. We live in the saddest generation of young people, the people... I don't agree with that. (laughs) We're the saddest generation. um, And I guess I wouldn't even be this anymore. I'm getting older. But this new generation is the saddest generation in history. I mean, you look back uh, not too long ago, kids were working in coal mines and dying at 40. So I'd say, you know, we're in uncharted territory as far as like how long people even survive. And, um, you know, and even the amount of data we're able to collect. But I mean, yeah. 
this room that have had satanic thoughts, that have heard voices, either A, audible voices, or down in the heart that says, I'm not worthy. You this surprised me because um, in the IFB that I know and, and uh, once loved, um, audible voices from anything was pretty much a no-no at this point. You can't make a decision. Uh, you're never going to amount to anything. Uh, we're, we're, we're the, the, the buzzword is mental health today. This is where it starts getting out really dicey. Now I understand a lot of people have, there are people with legitimate mental health issues, but this is a common but, word because but. America, the most uh, popular and wealthy nation cannot figure out, they're covering it up. It's the biggest cover up of all times. Let me tell you something, all you gotta do is barely peel back and you realize our generation is suicidal, they're depressed, they're, they're hate filled, they have nothing to look for. There's no big movements uh, like you saw 60, 70, 80 years ago. Of, of the greatest generation and okay this rhetoric always gets me and i know i've already touched on a little bit um you look at these people and 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 i'm not at all please do not take this out of context i'm not saying i hate old people i'm not saying that there's not amazing people from the generation i'm not saying the people that went to war in world war ii were not incredible people but this idea of the greatest generation gets preached about by pastors all the time. They hearken back to the glory days of the 40s and 50s. It was not the greatest time for, uh, I mean, African-American people, for women. Uh, it was not a, a spectacular bundle of joy. I mean, you're talking periods where people were severely impoverished. You talk about, I mean, incredible amounts of child abuse that was happening and was okay uh, legally. Uh, you talk about segregation. I mean, there were a lot of issues. So to paint this picture that all of a sudden, you know, back when I was a teenager in 2009, 10, that we were the worst generation and it was the worst time and there were no great leaders. Uh, and then now this new generation, whatever generation label this is, is now the saddest. Gen you know, every year it's the same story. Um, but I think it's really, it's, takes a very optimistic view of history when you start making claims like this. And business, uh, let me tell you something, they're dying by the droves, they're empty. The saddest generation we've ever lived in, and they call it mental health, uh, they say... And again, I don't like that he keeps going back to mental health as like, yeah, some people have it, but it's really demonic attacks. It's really this. This is really dangerous territory, especially to a room full of teenagers who might be dealing with depression who might be dealing with anxiety, who might be seeing therapist, I hope. I mean, in IFB circles, it's not so popular. But you're talking to people and, and making claims about medical language, and that's not safe. Either this year or next year, very, very soon, 73% uh, of all of our hospital beds will be psychiatric, mental I health. That up. I don't know if that's true. The amount of young people, especially in public schools, and I understand we have a lot in here, but because of the messaging there, but even in Christian schools that are on psychiatric drugs is shocking. The algorithms, as we've talked about before, and Instagram and TikTok, and, and by the way, even WhatsApp or just good old-fashioned text messaging, the devil knows. It's not just about the 50-, 60-year-old predator trying to get the 13-year-old girl. Let me tell you something. It is the mind control and the mind game that's sucking you in. There are people addicted to devices today, right now, right here, and it's maybe not even be anything porno pornographic or horrible, but you are so addicted that you can't think straight you can't listen straight then you are literally tattooed digitally with satan's devices all of the music the media all of it you say oh come on all of it yes if it's not i i, I don't know if you're keeping track i've been waiting for a verse <laughs> i don't know if he's mentioned one yet um at this point on i think he opens with a verse in the portion that was cut but this is a lot of ranting and listen to how many shifts there are. So we went from mental health to demons to music, just 
keep, try to hang on. Not some glory and honor to God. Let me tell you something. Satan, Lucifer, was the divine cherub that covereth. God made him as a musical instrument all throughout the scriptures. You see that he had pipes and vials. God, the creator of this universe, created him to be musical. And when he fell, he took music and he uses it. He's so subtle in every area. If it doesn't bring glory and honor to God and you can't glorify God in it, let me tell you something. Satan's working. It's more powerful than anything you can imagine. Oh, come on. Oh, country music, you know, Old Town Road, very, very famous song. It's been... Take a guess where this is going. Top charts for a long time. Written by a man by the name of Montero Lamar Hill. Written, co-written with uh, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. And uh, they wrote this song together, Old Town Road. And so many, just like all the little Disney stars that are uh, very satanic, extremely satanic. So many of them so owned my heart breaks for them. They cannot even figure it out. I'll show you that in a moment. They can't figure out what's going on with them. Montero Lamar Hill's uh, stage name is Little Nas X. Here he is. Uh, with the shoes that everybody promoted for a while. They sold out within minutes of going online. Then when enough old leather lung preachers and people out there, Christians started crying, Nike was like, oh, I guess we might cancel it after they had already sold out. Okay, and this is a simple Google search. You'll hear them a lot of times uh, throughout this sermon talk about simple Google searches, but I just love, and you're gonna hear this throughout this, I love when pastors take things out of context or just completely ignore simple facts that are easily Googled um, and try to make a point with them. Little Nas X did not, he did sell these shoes, um, which was a marketing scheme to get pastors really upset. So they would talk about what he was doing and to get conservative Christians really upset. Uh, but if you do a simple Google search about these Nike shoes, uh, Nike sued the people that made the shoes for using Nike shoes without their permission to do this. Nike had nothing to do with the making of these shoes whatsoever. And I can't believe I'm sitting here making a defense of little Nas X's uh, limited run shoe line. Uh, but Nike had nothing to do with this. And Nike was pretty upset that these shoes were made in the first place. But again, that doesn't fit with uh, Mr. Joe Brown's uh, point. There's human blood in the souls, 666 on the shoe, Luke 10, 18, that talks about Lucifer falling from heaven like a lightning. Shift. I didn't cut this you right say, here. is that really a big deal? Yeah, because all over America, right here, I mean in Highland Park, right up here, the man that just went in and shoot up the, the boy that, everybody talks about the gun. They don't talk. So we're talking about Little Nas X, so we went from Demon's Music, and now we're talking about the shooting in Texas. About their mo his mama's business. She was a witch. She was a witch. That's on no news article. The only way I found that out was to look up her personal website, and you can do it too. It ain't conspiracy. I dare you. I Googled a lot to try to find this, and I found nothing on this. Um, I, I mean, I'll do it again while he's, while he's yapping away here, but I found nothing about this, but here we go. She's a witch. She's satanic. The stuff in his house, the Muriel's on his walls. He's a rapper. The music, does it really matter? Yeah, in droves, every single day, this is happening. This is happening, uh, these 911 calls. Listen to the 911 call, because people are listening to music like this. Listen. And what's the problem? This, loud, 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 loud. I just killed my son. What do you mean? Okay, I want to remind everybody that this is some this is a group full of teenagers and listen to this 911 call that he plays for them you just killed your son i'm hearing voices oh okay how old's your son six where's your son now he's dead dead where in the living room Weapons? Can you just send in cops? We're doing that now. What's your name? Matt Pomerico. I'm sorry, the first name? Matt. Matt? Spell your last name for me, Matt. P-O-N-O-M-A-R-E-N-K-O. What's your son's name? Jack. Jack? Jack, J-A-X. Yeah. 
Sean. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All over America, this, these type things are happening. And we think somehow we're going to escape it. We think that it's a fluffy bunny and it's not real. I know preachers preach about Lucifer. So this is a segue. He blames the shooting on music. And he makes another segue here, which I think is really inappropriate. But, but he's uh, very, very powerful. And here's little Jax. So this is the child that was murdered. Um, I had the decency to censor his picture. Um, Joe Brown did not have the decency to do that. And listen to what he says here and the reason he gives for his killing. And if the devil couldn't get him with what's in his left hand, you can't see it because of our, our, our interpreter, but there's a tablet in his, in his right hand there. Thank you, sir. If he couldn't get him with what was in his right hand, he'd get him another way. Satan hates children. He loves to see the dominance of children and teenagers. I mean, so do a lot of leadership at First Baptist Church of Hammond. But I mean, again, this is like the inappropriate stretch here of, well, Satan couldn't get him through music on his iPad, so he had his dad murder him. It's inappropriate, and it's a stretch. And again, the stretches keep getting stretchier and stretchier. Just got a text message on the Titanic. So I, I trimmed a little piece here of this message from his church. Um, here is uh, his next clip here about... Um, so I have really haven't trimmed much out up to this point, uh, but here is his rant about Celine Dion. The movie comes out years ago, and Celine Dion, even back in those days, sold 100 million albums. By the way, we could do this with every major known person. Most people don't know that she's a Satan worshiper and satanic. You can go 10 minutes from here and walk into the stores and buy the clothes that are the most popular in the elite. Again, uh, <laughs> Celine Dion... Satan worshiper. Let's do Google. He says we can Google all this stuff. Um, yep. Don't say anything about that. Haven't seen where she mentioned that she's a Satanist, but here we go. Let's keep keep going. Celebrity circles. Keep it rolling, Joe Brown. <laughs> it's a Hebrew word for no, 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 no. It's called nu 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 nu. That is, in fact, her clothing brand. Good morning, America, and all the top news celebrate her line of clothing, and you say, well, I haven't heard about it. I know, because the celebrities are the one clothing their children in it. Here. Okay. <laughs> Again, it's another just, like, basic. So he said, if you just go down the street, you can find the clothes that these Satan worshipers are putting their kids in. And then he says it's being promoted all over the news. You're hearing all about the news. They're praising this brand. And then he says, you haven't heard of it? That's because only the elites know about it. It's, it's just it comical. in a commercial talking about her line of clips. And also, how smart. You don't have to prepare a sermon if you can just prepare clips. This is like fundy ridiculousness, which is really, really hilarious. It's just a clip show. Celine Dion. They dream of tomorrow. We may thrust them forward into the future, but the course will always be theirs to choose. Major networks. Look at the voodoo doll. But I thought only the elites knew about it. With the it. children. I don't know if that's a voodoo doll. Again, I mean, there's a lot of art and marketing that's made to shock and dismay certain people and different demographics, uh, which is ironic when you see those groups unknowingly just start talking about it and getting worked up about it. It's like, yeah, it did its job. That's what it's supposed to do for you. But again, the brand, new, new, new. Um, or new, 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 however many new news there are, um, is the word no. It's talking about being gender neutral, which he can, I mean, he clearly has his thoughts on all that stuff. Um, it's a shocking, bold fashion statement uh, to associate with witchcraft is really interesting. But uh, again, here we are. And often just letting the world see it because we're so dumbed down. Look at this. New order. Who's the new order? What, what are we trying to establish here? Satan's doing that. On little... Uh, okay. Can we talk about something really quick? The weirdest thing about conspiracy theories to me, uh, across the gamut too, and, and, and there's conspiracy theories on left, right, all in between. Why would an elite group of Satan-worshipping cult leaders market themselves on national television if there's a plot to destroy children i mean you look at whatever the conspiracy is eating children's blood or whatever it is 
Why would they make shirts? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I mean, does that make sense to anybody? Like why they would do that? But and here we are. Children. Get ready for a tone shift. Here we go. Hands on the eyes. A girl who just got out of rehab. Hands on the eyes. And he's going to go into a story about rehab. Yeah, didn't know anything about the, the one eye. And she says, preacher, why do I always see a big eye on my hand uh, when I do crystal meth? Because you're smoking crystal meth. And by the way, these are celebrity children that wear uh, these clothing. Go ahead and show the next clip of her, her and her Hebrew friends. They're probably freaking expensive. Her Hebrew friends, a little uh, anti-Semitism leaks in here. That be theirs to choose. Is this that next clip? Celine wants all kids to find themselves. Turn it up Not a little bit. Not just her own. And she hopes her partnership with Nunu Nu will help. The clothes in her new line are gender neutral. Nunu Nu has been around for years. Its founders created the fashion line out of necessity when they couldn't find clothing for their own kids. Child pornography. I cut a little bit here. Um, this part I wanted to talk about as well, because it's a total misconception here. Again, its founders created the fashion line out of necessity when they couldn't find clothing for their own kids. Child pornography, they can shut down presidents' Twitters and entire countries and control the North Koreas, of course, and their media and, and, and Russia and so on and so forth, but they can't ch shut down child pornography. Okay, so this is something I want to talk about um, just from the advocacy side because this is something that gets brought up a lot and I think from well-intentioned people too, um, from like the, you know, people that latch onto things like the Save the Children movement and all that, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of times people say stuff like, well, they can shut down Twitter accounts, but they can't shut down child pornography or they can shut down, you know, someone's Facebook account, but they can't shut down child pornography. This really doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it. And again, in sermons like this, it's moving too quickly. We're not supposed to think about it. It's an emotional roller coaster that they're taking these, you know, 12 to 18 year old kids on. But, you know, a Twitter account used by a president is one Twitter account. It's one specific IP address, one specific account, one specific email is filled with the account. Easy to remove. YouTube censorship. It's easy to go in by keyword and remove each and everything child pornography or uh, pornography in general or, um, you know, uh, pictures of dogs. It would be like this. Imagine I give you the instruction to remove an account called I Love Dogs. And you go to the Instagram account, you find the one called I Love Dogs, and you work for Instagram and you remove the account called I Love Dogs. Now imagine if I told you, go remove every picture of a dog on the internet. It's a little bit trickier, right? Because not every site's going to label what it is on the service. Not every site is going to uh, be open <laughs> that it's about dogs. Not every piece of code is going to make it clear that there's images of dogs there. It would be an impossible task. And unfortunately, as much as I would love to see child sexual abuse material removed from the internet entirely, uh, it's not as simple as just turning on and off a Twitter account. And so it's not part of a conspiracy like, oh, the government wants child sexual abuse material on there or these groups are you know google doesn't want to remove it i mean google's fighting all the time to remove this stuff off of their websites um but it's not as easy as just flipping a switch if it was it would have been done a long time ago sucking the brains out of little children the oh, molestation jumped into abortion and the pedophilia the transgender movement we skate past pedophilia pretty quickly and given the pulpit he's standing in I, I see why the whole transgender surgery movement the people behind it are pedophiles they're acclaimed the first this uh part partly true the the person uh, one of the people who is uh, a large leader in this uh, his last name is moon um let me see his name i, I was reading about this dr moon Uh, Dr. Moon. So I'm trying to type fast. This is how quickly he prepared his sermon. Uh, but anyway, the, one of the large voices in the beginning who uh, helped develop the surgeries and some of the curriculum, or, or not curriculum, uh, that's a dumb word, uh, research materials and things around it was a apologist for pedophilia. And again, I think we're mistaking cause and effect. So he would say, if I said... Uh, you know, some of the biggest leaders in the independent Baptist movement are, uh, you know, pedophiles. 
okay? Does that mean that every IFB pastor is a pedophile? No, and I wouldn't say that they are. But again, to draw this cause and effect that like, oh, he did this work. So like, it doesn't make sense to say that every single person affiliated with the movement, regardless of what you think about it, it's a stretch to say like the two founders of it, because it wasn't like just two people, you know, crack the code on this, you know. Um, but anyway, so there's some partial truth there. But again, logically just doesn't play First out the right way. That introduced it, they're pedophiles uh, that, that ought to be given the death penalty or, or in jail. And the politicians and the leaders supporting all that are straight owned from the pit of hell, Lucifer themselves. They need Jesus. I mean, the main choir... There's a cut. There's a cut there. There's a, quite a bit of rambling here and a couple clips played, but in San Francisco putting out all the songs. That's not a joke. There's there, play just a quick clip of the song. Again, this song was made in response to sermons like this. Um, people saying, oh, the gays are going to take your children. They're going to indoctrinate your children. And the song, well, I think it was a dumb decision to make it. Um, for a lot of reasons, um, because it wasn't going to be understood in any way. Um, the song is a parody of what people accuse the gay movement of doing. And again, I hate that I have to sit here and explain all this, but um, he's reading it as point value, like, oh, I've uncovered these secret documents that show the plan, the, the quote unquote gay agenda here. It just came out with just a quick clip. Go ahead if you got that on. Highly produced 50, 60. Let me read the lyrics. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll convert your children happens bit by bit. Sound guy's busy. Quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. And you'll be disgusted when they start learning things online that you kept far from their sight. We'll convert your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all. There's really no escaping it. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. The gay agenda is coming home. And the joke about the song, clearly, is that they're not interested in children the people who are producing the song are making a joke about people responding to this again do i think that there's people in you know there's people who would uh, use lgbt topics to uh, prey on kids yes do i think that there's certain uh, things that have been done uh, that are absolutely disgusting yes my people within the movement yes there absolutely have been uh, do i think that just like i would say do i think every christian is a pedophile no. Do I think that every person in the LGBT community identifies that way is a uh, pedophile? No. Um, again, broad brushing is, is never okay unless you're talking about the world, quote unquote, the world. The agenda is here, here, and it goes on. I, I won't read anymore. I mean, all of these gay prides that you might get, be getting sucked into, you don't realize who's funding them and setting them up because we're... Who's funding them? Getting say. so left, the, the lid's finally coming off with a lot of people have been seeing. Salvation, you better get... Oh, there's a cut here. Um, moved into... Saved today. Number two, programmable. I have a computer. This is crazy. Computer. I have a cell phone. It's nothing but a piece of hardware. Unless somebody puts something into it. Youth leaders, parents, be careful what you're putting into the hardware. The human body, that mind that God gave these young people. Your kids are just hardware. We need to program them our way. See, here's the thing that's funny about this is like when the world is programming kids, when, you know, when other people are introducing ideas to kids, it's wrong. We need to program our kids. And I think programming your kids in any way is really wrong. Whether it's Christian, non-Christian, you know, every religious group, teaching our kids what to think is not as valuable as teaching your kids how to think teaching your you know programming your kids the way he's talking about is that's culty it's not religion and the devil knows god's trying to program you through all of the things that pastor wilkerson just talked about and the devil says i want to get ahead of him what i can get into your ears if you are not right There's with god i saw a group of boys walking around at the fireworks last night they're not at the conference they haven't been at the conference and my heart was broken as i looked into their eyes and i said to my wife i said something's not right i didn't know those boys weren't living for god but i can look in their eyes and there was four or five boys and they just kind of showed up uh, for the fireworks and my heart broke for those young men i saw that they were there as a group and i said oh god help them not to mess anybody else up how fragile is your worldview and your religion that just the 
presence of someone who doesn't completely agree with you in every area of life is present, that you're worried that they're going to quote unquote mess somebody up in your group. Anyway, every 40 seconds, here. a young person is committing suicide. This part pissed me off. So he says every 40 seconds, you know, teenagers committing suicide. Spirit of resentment and rejection because something bad happened in your life and you feel pushed back. You've been molested, you've been touched, or maybe you yourself have done something you shouldn't do. And you First of all, don't compare being molested to doing something that you shouldn't you have do. have a spirit of right in the same universe. Rejection. How, how would he try to destroy a conference of 50 years, Brother Judah? How would he try to shut it down so millions of people couldn't be reached? Would he burn the, the thing down? Would he just cause everybody to resign or, or go home? Or would he, right after a youth conference when people were here, would he cause a young lady to be hurt? The fact that he would make this statement on the stage of First Baptist Church of Hammond, where after a large conference, it was discovered that Jack Scott was taking a teenage girl across state lines and committing statutory rape is disgusting. It wasn't Satan. It was Jack Scott making a decision. It was a leader in your movement at the pulpit that you're standing at, probably not the exact pulpit, but in the same place that you were standing, preaching and living a completely double life. And to say that that happened to destroy the work of First Baptist Church of Hammond is a really big stretch, a really big stretch. And it's disrespectful to the victim. It's disrespectful to all the victims of First Baptist Church of Hammond and all the victims that have been victimized in churches across America, just like this one. And thousands of teenagers to go and run. That's what he does. They should run. <laughs> in a place like this to hurt generations I hope generations if you're watching this and you're a teenager. Young people. In this movement, run. It was the young generations that Satan was after. Alice Cooper brought more people. There's a cut here. He starts talking about the Alice hell. Cooper. Alice Cooper, who professes to be a Christian. And what he's going to do is take a portion of his testimony and take it out of context and only show the worst of it. Even though Alice Cooper literally just sat down and did a series of interviews with a pastor um, talking about his faith. And how God saved him from all the things that Joe Brown is going to try to pin on him. Drugs, alcohol, suicide. Alice Cooper got sober in the 80s, um, by the way. This is, he's talking about this as if it's current. Listen to his testimony. Spirit of deception. This it's is not really, a big deal. Again, Just really here to have up. fun. Go ahead and show that you know, I'm the prodigal son, for one thing. I, I am the perfect example of the prodigal son. Wicked man. Uh, my dad. Prodigal son comes back. I don't know if Joe Brown's read that passage. I was a pastor. My grandfather was an evangelist. Actually, both my dad and my grandfather were evangelists. And uh, my wife's father is a Baptist pastor. So I grew up in the church, and I was... All of my friends were church kids. I had so much fun. I mean, I was in church on Sunday, Wednesday night, uh, Friday nights. I mean, it was... It, all my social life was based around kids in the church. And um, and that was great. And it got to high school, and all of a sudden, the Beatles came out. And I went, oh, well, that's kind of, you know, and I was a natural mimic anyway. It's fun. Not a big so deal. So I watched the Beatles, and I said, well, that would be fun to do. Being in a hit band with hit records. Listen to this. And is getting as big as we got is like winning the lottery about three times. It just doesn't happen. You know, we were definitely the underdogs in the whole thing. And we kept going, well, we're never going to make it. This is fun, you know, to do this. And then we'll go get real jobs. Deceived and, and being bigger, deceived. And bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, there we were. You Thank know. you so much. And then he cuts out all of the information about where Alice Cooper would claim to be now. Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper claims to be a Christian now. He's given his testimony many times. You can look up Alice Cooper and Greg Laurie. I think Greg Laurie just wrote a book about it, which I know Joe Brown probably doesn't consider Greg Laurie a Christian, but uh, he's a professing Christian and pastor. Alice Cooper's a professing Christian, but you wouldn't get that from the segment that he's playing here. This is my big concern. You have teenagers sitting here. I sat in youth conferences like this. I sat in youth conferences where Paul Chapel at Lancaster Baptist Church called Justin Bieber a queer or a faggot from the stage. You know, I sat in um, I sat in services where they, you know, mocked people who had jobs outside of being in pastoral ministry, played clips out of context, and this is what's being done. You know, it's uh, I like Alice Cooper a lot myself, but it's not just about Alice Cooper. It's all the clips here are being played with severe bias in order to manipulate teenagers in the audience 
to give themselves not to God, but to First Baptist Church of Hammond. It's why at the beginning of this day of the conference, they're showing materials about how First Baptist Church of Hammond and Hiles Anderson College are the place for them to go, that it's a ministry to go to. It's where they can be prepped to really take on this terrifying world that's being presented to them. It's, it's programming, like he said himself. It's designed as a spirit of lustful temptation. Proverbs 7 says, I beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding. Many times Satan deceives us in a spirit of lustful temptation because uh, we do not realize, because we're not maybe listening as we should, that God is designing our bodies, young men, as we... But Joe Brown realizes, and you better listen to his hit a certain age and stage where we begin to be attracted to the opposite sex. And that attraction is for a wife to have a godly seed and to save the world. And it is to be ravished only and always on her love. And so we go through this training time where we're looking, as Brother Ross preached about, for that one. And when we don't listen, we're deceived and we're spreading it out everywhere. <laughs> you shouldn't at a conference, you shouldn't at a youth conference say something about your seed being spread everywhere. It's just bad. And sex. You know, there's seventh graders laughing in the back. And fornication and pornography. All of the major sports industries in the world, the billions they make, doesn't touch the hem of the garment of what the porn industry makes in America alone, combined. We're having a movement now, a now of young people who said on these platforms, they're not one Bible men anymore or ladies anymore. He's talking here about the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, which is going to play a clip from in a moment. And look, I've had my um, situations with the Recovering Fundamentalist group, um, and it, it honestly, it, I haven't, you know, I haven't talked about. It, it makes me sad. Um, I really uh, had great times with those guys there, um, and uh, I think they've, you know, like they would say about me, they made some missteps, and I think the relationship and violated some things that I don't think should have been violated on the level of friendship that we had or on the, in the relationship that we had. But the way that Joe Brown talks about them here is inexcusable because I know those guys, I know the guys from the recovering fundamentalist world. I know what they believe theologically. I know what they believe about, you know, history. And while I disagree with them, obviously we've come to different places, um, in our individual respective faith journeys. Uh, this is misrepresentation of what the recovering fundamentalist crew actually believes um, he's going to present this clip as though the recovering fundamentalists don't believe that the Bible uh, is the inerrant word of God, uh, that, he, that they don't believe we have God's words, that we don't have a reliable uh, source of scripture. That's not true. Anybody who's listened to uh, J.C. Groves or Nathan Kravitz or Brian Edwards knows what they believe. They do not believe that uh, we don't have any way to know uh, God's truth and God's word. And again, well, you know, I'm where I'm at in my faith journey. Um, this is a pure misrepresentation and Joe Brown should be ashamed for this. This is completely uh, inappropriate and disrespectful of the beliefs that have been openly shared by the RFP crowd. And they're deceiving and they're trying to draw in. They don't want grandma and grandpa. By the way, they're not trying to reach my dad. That's why they'll easily make fun of him for busting a television. Which well, it was a goofy thing to do, bro. Like that clip is really funny. Um, so, I mean, people are gonna make fun he of him. He tried it. to tell us. They're not after my dad. They're after you. They will slaughter us faster than they can drop a hat and they'll drop the hat, but they want you. Uh, slaughter, interesting word. Um, the reason that so many people, and I, can't, I, don't, I won't speak for the RFP fam, hashtag RFP fam, I won't speak for them, but the reason that I spend so much time creating content that I hope that quote unquote young people, which I guess I'm inching out of that age bracket, but where I hope the 18, 20, 21 year old is watching is because there's still a chance that they haven't been so thoroughly programmed or so thoroughly, you know, indoctrinated that they can actually hear what's being said. Larry Brown knows what he's doing. You know, um, Joe Brown knows what he's doing. Jack Kyles knew what he was doing. All these guys, it's a grift. At the end of the day, it's a grift. 
there's no hope for them to really truly change their mind. At least I don't hold out that hope. Some might disagree with me. Some might be more optimistic than I am. Um, I think the people there's hope for are people who, like me, grew up in this world, truly believed it, loved it with all their heart, and started seeing cracks in the system, started seeing vulnerabilities and dangers within that world. And I'm not asking that people leave their faith. I'm not asking that people stop being Christians. I'm not asking that people even stop being independent Baptists or, or stop being Baptists. My hope is that people will earnestly try to figure out how to think and they will research for themselves why they believe what they believe, that they will look honestly at the history of the movement that they're a part of and do their best to question whether or not that's something they want to be a part of. That's a difficult thing to do. But there's a much higher chance that someone who has not yet been programmed for decades is going to see the light. There are people who've been in it for decades that have seen the light, but it's not targeting young people. It's like, how do you get this message to the people who really need it the most? The people who are at the most danger, and that is the young people in the IFB movement. The pastors aren't at great risk. Like, it's the kids in their youth group that are at strong risk. We've seen this, the physical abuse, sexual abuse, the psychological abuse, the spiritual manipulation, like what you're seeing in this sermon. That's the people that need to hear the message of, you know, escape from this type of world, escape from these cultish environments that don't encourage independent thought. Listen to this clip really quick, quick and the deception in it and we'll be finished. We'll listen real quick to this uh, clip from the RFP. I'm sorry, that was me. Message Bible. This is from their interview with Mark Lowry. It's episode 40. Ooh, ooh. Let's zoom in. Zoom in. 48 of the Recovering Fundamentalist. If you want to listen to the full thing in context, uh, if you're going to go listen, uh, you know, be sure to, uh, you know, listen to the full thing in context. Draw your own conclusion. Think for yourself. The lamb side Message by Bible's side. out of the pit of hell. You know, I, I really prove that think they will help you. He, he can't prove that to you. <laughs> understand the KJV. Absolutely. By the way, pause. By the way, pause. I preached this message two weeks ago. and Hey, by the way, I preached this exact same message two weeks ago and prepared nothing fresh for you, but here you go. The message Bible got online and mocked me. And this is hilarious, too. Um, there was a parody account. Uh, that's called uh, Message Bible Onlyist or something, and he thinks it's the actual message um, official account, which is really hilarious. The, I mean, the actual company. No, Go ahead, play it again. The <laughs> one and only. You know, there's the NLT, there's the NIV, and and the thing, all of them. And, but, but the thing is, none of them are the Word of God. None of, none them, of them are the, are word, the word of, of God. God. That is so disingenuous. The way that he played that clip is so ridiculously disingenuous. It's literally, it's like mind-numbing. In context, what Mark Larry, and again, I'm not part of RFP fam. We've had our own, you know, disagreements and all these sorts of things. They're not saying that the Bible is not the word of God. What they're saying is, is that there's no specific translation that is directly divinely preserved. They believe the Bible is infallible and inerrant, and they believe in inerrancy. They believe that the Bible is God's word, and they live by the Bible, and you know all those sorts of things. They're not saying that you know we don't have like what's God's word? We don't know. This is totally misrepresented. It's goofy editing to make it sound like they're saying something they're absolutely not. And I don't know how anybody could listen to that interview and take away what Joe Brown's taking away unless they intentionally wanted to mishear him. Just of deception to say you don't have anything you can trust you can stand upon the word of god the greatest thing out of salvation accepting jesus christ as your personal savior accepting this book as the word of god it's true from cover to cover you can trust it and then uh, he asked for an extra invitation and bob jones senior we need some these terrified those men god these terrified teenagers this this breaks my heart legitimately, and I know I've made some jokes and been whatever about some of this because Joe Brown's a nut. This breaks my heart because I I was this kid, you know? I was the kid that sat there, and I heard this stuff. And I was like, man, I can't believe that they do this. I can't believe that there's this agenda out here. I can't believe that we're the only ones who have the truth. And I would sit there and I would cry and I would I would be emotionally distraught and I would go up to the front of a pew every single Sunday 
and cry my eyes out and say, God, please, please, please don't let me go to hell. Don't let me do this. Don't let me be like these people. Don't let me be like these worldly people. Don't let me be like these Southern Baptists. Don't let me be like these. And I would flood up to the pulpit and make these commitments with my life that I didn't understand. I just knew that the sermon I heard scared me really bad. I was emotionally manipulated. And my question is always, you know, if the truth is clear, if the independent Baptists have it so right, if the independent Baptists have the truth, if First Baptist Church of Hammond has the truth, it should be compelling enough on its own without the scare tactics, without this aggressive marketing tactic, this used car salesman getting up and showing them clips of the Holocaust, you know, which I didn't even include in this, showing them playing 911 calls or, you know, smashing televisions or whatever that is. It should stand on its own. And, um, it's just crazy. I mean, let me know your thoughts on this whole thing in the comment, because this sermon to me is just unhinged. It's the best example I can think of in recent memory of just how much manipulation there is in pulpits, especially at youth conferences. It's just, it's mind blowing. And I wanted to share this with you because it can be easy. You know, I've been out of this world for almost 10 years and it's easy to take for granted like how normal things are now. You forget how wild these conferences were, how insane these sermons were. And uh, I just want to share this. I think it's important to refresh ourselves and remember like just how intense this environment was and how much deflection from the issues within the movement is present within the sermon. That molestation and pedophilia can be brought up without confessing the sins of the home country of First Baptist Church of Hammond. It's just mind-boggling, but let me know your thoughts. Let me know what's the craziest sermon experience you had going to a conference. I have to imagine there's some crazy youth conference stories out there, um, but thank you so much for taking the time to watch this again. Um, I hope everything sounds, looks okay, uh, all that good stuff, um, and I really appreciate each and every one of you, and um, remember, think for yourself. Don't be taught how to think. Don't be manipulated how to think. Learn how to think, not what to think. Thanks so much, and I'll see you in the next video. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes, and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.